0: The hard shoulder on
1: Newstalk
0: with Nissan subscribe and drive. No deposit, no compromise, no fuss. Find out more at Nissan.ie.
1: That was the famous Edith Piaf singing, apparently something to do with on Rose, whatever that is. I don't know the <laughs> trouble that Cara Gustenberg gets me into on this down-to-earth slot I'm in improving. relation to... So I, the positive news is we're going to talk about wine. I am a wine lover myself. And uh, if you are, you'll be very interested in today's down-to-earth because Dr. Cara Gustenberg is here to explain the connection between wine and the climate. Ahead of the screening of a French movie called Wine Calling at the Irish Film Institute this Thursday, welcome Cara. Just just start with this movie. What what's it all about?
0: Well, um, wine is impacted by the environment, impacted by climate change. So there's reports coming out that the current wine producing area of the U.S., 81% of it could be gone by the end of the century as a result of climate change. Like all agricultural production, wine production also contributes to environmental damage, not just climate change, but water usage. And so there is a growing movement of winemakers that are moving into natural, organic, biodynamic processes. And this is particularly happening in France. So wine calling is is promoting and talking about the winemakers who are part of this growing movement toward a more natural way of producing wine.
1: Okay, so you have a vineyard, a vineyard, and it's on the side of a mountain, and it's dry... Uh, you know, not not suitable land for milk production or grazing or cereals, and I would have thought that it kind of fitted into a biodiversity. So let's just start with, how could grape growing be bad for the environment? Yeah,
0: now look, wine, you'll be glad to know, is not the worst of the crops produced. Actually, cotton is probably one of the worst crops in terms of water use and impact on the environment. Uh, wine is 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 definitely creating an impact and I suppose most prominently in places where typically we didn't grow anything. And now we're suddenly moving into wine. And interestingly, where my parents live, which is eastern Washington state, semi-arid desert, lots of tumbleweed and sagebrush. And as Napa Valley in California, the soil is becoming more saline from intensive and and prolonged wine production. Those wineries are moving northward into eastern Washington. They're irrigating using the Columbia River. So they're using a lot of water that was never used before. Um, They're transforming the landscape. It's all much more lush and green. But but definitely changing things and creating So, an so you
1: see, I'm, I'm not very familiar with wine production. So, your average vineyard, you see, requires a lot of irrigation, does it?
0: Yes, they tend to be in, in drier regions. Yes. So we're familiar with the kind of drier uh, So, to get trends. the juice
1: into the grape, you yeah. have to water and it And most
0: a bit. agricultural production. I mean, we're very lucky that we don't require yeah. irrigation, but a majority of the world does require irrigation so, to, so to grow the, anything. The,
1: the threat to the U.S. wine production, first of all, is it mostly California they, they do the wine production? Uh, it,
0: California is one of the biggest wine producers. And, or is it across the all 50 states? No. And so California would be a predominant one. California is is producing a lot of the country's food, I mean, aside from grains, which are produced in the middle of the, of the country. But definitely, as the climate is changing, as soil fertility is deteriorating in California, there is a northward movement of wine growing in Oregon and Washington state. And we're seeing a northward movement across the globe of wine growing. Where where places that typically couldn't have produced wine before, like the UK, are now potentially yeah yeah, in a changing climate, maybe able to produce wine.
1: So. I, I, but just in terms of the U.S., it's not that there won't be U.S. wine production. It'll just be produced from a different area. It'll right?
0: probably move further and further northward. And but I mean, ultimately, the climate will change to the point where all food production will get more and more difficult, and we'll have to make a decision on whether or not wine is the most sensible thing to be right. growing in these areas. Okay,
1: now you now harvest the grapes. What was the issue that you were talking about in terms of that it's, it's, you know, not great for the environment? What's the yeah, problem?
0: Well, it's actually kind of complicated. It's, uh, you, you get mixed reports.
1: She looks at me to say <laughs> it's complicated. I couldn't possibly understand it. That's very reassuring. Here's
0: the thing. So they always use something called a life cycle analysis to determine the impact of things. And, and how a life cycle analysis turns out depends on where you start counting. So there are some studies that say that the, the biggest impact of of wine on the environment is the transport of the bottles across the globe, because obviously that uses emissions to transport them. Now, if you're using a plane to fly them, that's very, very bad because planes uh, create more greenhouse gas emissions than if you're using a boat and the emissions are spread across a lot of different products and the carbon footprint Mm. drops. Uh, But interestingly, there are other studies that show the transport is probably one of the the least contributors to emissions. It really depends on where the wine is coming from and where it's going to. Uh, and what surprised me the most is what this study from the California Sustainable Wine Association in 2011 found was that the packaging, the glass bottles, actually contribute 38% of emissions, so more emissions than But I thought glass would be recycled. Exactly. It's a bit strange, but of course it takes energy to produce the glass bottles. They're very heavy, so if you're transporting things in the glass bottles, that's another problem. Um, But the other thing that is quite interesting to learn is that green glass uh, has less demand as a recycled product than clear glass. So there is a problem with actually uh, recycling green glass because the demand just isn't there. Because
1: most of the red wine would be in a green glass, and most of the white wine would be in a sort of transparent one. Yeah, Yeah, so
0: really we should be moving toward clear because that's where the demand is and that can get recycled more. But there are even studies that say that that plastic pouches, even though they're plastic, may be better uh, from an environmental impact point of view than these heavy green glasses that aren't okay. getting properly recycled. Now, am
1: I right in saying that the, the, the one of the central points of this film, the French movie on Thursday night, A Wine Calling, is to explain to people, in the context of French wine, the difference between the different labels. Because when I go into... O'Brien's or any place a supermarket and I get my uh, red I always can have an organic red oh, and they say good. do you want no I don't do it I'm for so the environment <laughs> I do it because I have less of a headache what happens is when I drink two bottles of wine uh, <laughs> if I have there's sulfates in it then you see I get a bad headache but if, if, if you don't have organic and this guy the chef in the west of Ireland J.P. McMahon recommended this to mm-hmm. me and it has changed my hangover situation wow. that I no longer have a hang-
0: over I, I'm really glad to hear that I, I hate, I always I, are, I hate, I extra hate to tell you this but, but unfortunately oh, there's no guarantee with an organic wine that it's sulfite free um, and or, what an organic certified organic mi- wine means is that the grapes were produced organically but that doesn't preclude a, a winery from adding things later. So
1: what label should I look for instead um, of organic?
0: Well, some organic would be sulfite free, and more and more it is. Initially, it was very hard to transport wine if you didn't use sulfites, uh, but they—they've said the organic makers have said they've cracked that now. So more and more they're sulfite free. Um, but an organic sulfite
1: does what? Does it stop it from going uh, off or something? It stops the
0: the bad yeast from continuing to All propagate. Right. So it is kind of a preservative. Um, an organic is great from a bio- biodiversity and soil fertility. So you are doing your part to to help protect nature. Well done. Um, It it isn't necessarily... Better from a greenhouse gas point of view, because from an efficiency point of view, the well, non-headache
1: point, of view, <laughs> the I'm non-organic
0: sure. farms uh, tend to be bigger. So what
1: are the different labels?
0: Uh, so, biodynamic is the other one, uh, and that is certified by a by an NGO rather than a than an official certification from a government. That's another fiber on the um, bottle, yeah. And and it still may contain sulfites, but we it doesn't contain synthetic fertilizer, so it's still produced organically. But the the added value is. That the producers also have to use natural pest control on their farms, so they have to use ladybugs and other things. So they're they're mm-hmm. promoting more biodiversity, and they have to produce some of their fertilizer within the farm. So one of the manure. problems, yes, yeah, yeah. one of the problems with organic wine is that the, the the grapes still need fertilizer, which means that these these growers are actually shipping in livestock manure, and that's contributing so to So what's
1: the net difference between organic and biodynamic?
0: Uh, it's added. Um, Soil regeneration activities like using natural pest control and growing and creating your own fertilizer on the farm rather than shipping it in from another from a dairy farm.
1: And is there a third label then, natural?
0: Yes. So there's a new label called natural wine, which officially means as little human intervention as as possible. But it's an unregulated term, and it's unclear if the these growers are using synthetic fertilizer or pesticides or chemicals, and to what extent. So uh, sounds great. Uh, It's a bit of a marketing thing. But right now, so of, yet, of so the afraid.
1: three, of the three, which is least likely to have sulfates and which is most environmentally friendly of the trio of natural, organic, or biodynamic?
0: None of them will address oh. the sulfate issue. Should look for a different label? Uh, you should look for sulfites free if you're really okay. concerned about okay. that. Yeah. But, but the best from an environmental point of view would be the biodynamic because it's creating a more regenerative agricultural model where they're trying to create the fertilizer on the farm and promote biodiversity okay. at the same time.
1: And does it make any difference whether it's a screw cap or a cork?
0: Uh, well, cork apparently is in short supply. So if it is You're actually a natural, area. if it's a natural cork, then I think a screw cap is better.
1: All oh, right, because yeah. no, I I think the cheaper ones are the screw caps. Like it's They're more productive. stylish. So do yeah. you
0: know what I miss and what I think we should all be moving toward is boxed wine. Do you remember boxed wine? But sure, the that 80s. has plastic.
1: That has plastic in it. No,
0: but cardboard box with a vacuum pack uh, mylar. Plastic, yeah. My, yeah, yeah. But A tiny mylar Oh, I bag. couldn't touch plastic. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: but we need to be looking at lighter packaging than these heavy glass bottles. So
1: this Thursday at 6pm, the IFI, Irish Film Institute, are you actually performing at this?
0: I, I am moderating uh oh, What does event, that mean? So, You're going to um, talk about wine? No, I'm going to... I'm going to manage the speakers. We have the director of the film, we have Catherine Cleary, an award-winning journalist. So you're doing q and A Q&A at with them. Q and A, yeah. And I have to say that the French Embassy has been really strong on climate action since 2015. Can anyone go this. to this? Yes, tickets are available at the IFI.
1: IFI.ie. 11.50 and ticket. Well, Can that's just
0: 11.50 plus. Uh, pay for your fee. No, I mean. no, <laughs> I'm, doing, I'm doing this out of the goodness of my heart, but actually 11.50 <laughs> and this includes wine tasting p- sponsored by the French Embassy.
1: All right. No, it sounds like a cracking night, and and so on. The the final question question is that we, we are monitoring your progress as we go through v- Veganuary, uh, your vegan uh, diet and you were telling us all the problems that it was actually costing more and maybe more calories and processed foods. And you foods keep and
0: telling so me I look too pale. No, 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 that's okay. <laughs>
1: the, the, the question is this. Are you allowed to have red wine if you're on a vegan diet? So
0: it turns out that wine isn't necessarily vegan. Uh, it's Does that mean
1: you can't have it or can't have it?
0: You have to look for vegan wine. Uh, oh. Yeah, so as a, as a, as a clar- clarifying agent, oftentimes wineries use um, egg-based or milk-based clarifying agents, and so you have to look for clay-based or charcoal-based vegan wines, which is a total pain. I haven't really been adhering to that one very well. Right,
1: right. I'm, I'm not impressed. <laughs> I mean, like, and you're you're sort of eyeing up the end of the month, which shows <laughs> your commitment to Veganuary is very time limited. All right, We will we will uh, discuss that in a post hoc way in in due course. So everything you wanted to know about the labels for wine, the future of wine production moving north of the equator. All very, very interesting. You never know what you'd find out on Down to Earth. My thanks to Dr. Cara Gustenberg.
0: Thanks, Ivan. (laughs)